0: Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. Well, it's been a while. It has been far, far, far too long. See, this is where it becomes a bit weird because everybody stops saying Happy New Year. But uh, because this is the first time we've spoken (laughs) this year, I would feel it would be rude, you know, to miss it out. Yeah, I think so too.
1: Did you have a nice Christmas? I had a wonderful Christmas. I went home to my parents' house and my sister had just given birth to a little girl called Esther um, and my boyfriend came up and st- had Christmas with my family for the first time, so it was lovely.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. And I believe uh, your your little baby niece has your middle name. <laughs> I know, yeah. I was, it oh. was a surprise
1: as well, so I was very emotional when I found that out. It was really special She's and she's absolutely adorable, so I feel very, very
0: like a proud auntie. Oh, that's so lovely. Oh, congratulations, Hannah. Honestly, I'm so, so (laughs) pleased. Well, listen, the other thing I'm really pleased about today is the fact that uh, Take a Break magazine is out. Uh, You've still got time to get this copy. The next issue will be out on Thursday, so I know you're beavering away at that at the moment. But uh, for the moment, we've got a great story, and uh, it's my big fake wedding. Yeah, so this is from a lady
1: called Kirsty. So after a long drive, Kirsty and her fiance John arrived at their potential wedding venue, which was the Abbey House Hotel and as the wedding coordinator showed them around she took in the beautiful lake and the grand rooms and she thought this is perfect she explained to the coordinator that although john and her were both scottish they wanted to have their big day in barrow in Furness, cumbria where her late father had come from and she said i've still got relatives here so i want to feel like dad's part of the wedding so back at home she got in touch with the council and arranged for one of the registrars to conduct the wedding ceremony they talked her through everything they needed to legally make sure that the day went without a hitch, and the registrar said, As you live in Scotland, you'll need to spend eight nights in England before the wedding to establish a residency there. Her aunt and uncle agreed that she could stay with them, so once that was all sorted, she turned her attention to more important things, finding the perfect dress. So her and her friend Siobhan went wedding dress shopping, and she tried on one dress after another, and she couldn't find the perfect one. But then when she slipped into dress number thirty five, she felt like a million dollars. It was strapless, ruched and mermaid style. That's it, Siobhan said. That's the one. She nearly jumped for joy. Over the next year, she spent hundreds of hours planning every last detail, from the invitations to the colour scheme. The day would cost around £15,000, but they knew it would be worth every penny. And despite the hard work, she loved every minute of it. She just wanted it to be perfect, a day that they could remember forever. Meanwhile, John went to Paisley Registration Office to get a certificate of no impediment, which confirmed to the council in Barrow that there were no objections to their marriage. And after staying in Barrow for eight days, she handed the certificate to Barrow Register Office. Is everything on track? Then she asked. And the registrar told her that all the paperwork was in order and that they would see her on the big day. She was relieved and as the day grew nearer she got more and more excited. The night before the wedding John and other family members joined them for a meal. They had a great time laughing and joking and at the end of the night John kissed her and said see you tomorrow. I can't wait she told him. The next day she woke up feeling excited but calm. She got up early to get her hair and makeup done and the photographer arrived to capture all of the pre-wedding buzz. You're the calmest bride I've ever seen he said. There's no point getting stressed she said. I plan to have a great day. 30 minutes before the ceremony, her dress was on and the makeup artist was doing the final touches when there was a knock at the door. It was John's dad's partner who said, "'Do you have the certificate of no impediment with you?' "'No,' she said. "'I gave it to the council two months ago.' "'I'll go and tell the registrar,' she said. Next, the hotel manager came up and said, "'We're going to have to delay the wedding by half an hour.' He explained the registrars had left the paperwork at their office and had to pop back to get it. "'Don't worry, though,' he said, handing her a glass of champagne." 30 minutes later, Mum and her made their way down to the hallway. They waited and waited. By now, Kirsty was starting to become really agitated. She could hear some of her 60 guests outside asking, where is she, what's happened? An hour later, the hotel manager said, I'm so sorry, but your wedding cannot go ahead today. He explained that the council didn't have the proper paperwork in place and had lost the certificate of no impediment. It meant that they couldn't get legally married. I can't believe this, she said quietly. Her mind went into overdrive and her whole body began to shake. What am I going to do, mum, she said. She felt as though someone had punched her hard and it took all her strength not to keel over. The hotel manager suggested that the registrars could perform a mock ceremony and they could still have their reception as planned. She wasn't sure at first, but then she thought of all the people who'd travelled from Scotland to be there. She couldn't just tell them to go home. She still hadn't seen John, so after messages were passed between them, they decided to go ahead with the mock ceremony. Her cousin Howard gave her away and when John laid eyes on her he said, Are you okay? You look lovely. They had some readings but the registrar wasn't able to pronounce them man and wife. It all felt a bit empty to her. Still she put on a brave face and posed for pictures before the wedding breakfast. Everything was rushed as they were so far behind schedule. That night John took her hand in his and said, I really wanted to marry you today. Tears filled her eyes. The following Monday, they went into work and everyone shouted, here comes Mrs Canning. Through gritted teeth, she told them what had happened. Silence filled the room. By now, her blood had started to boil. The next day at their home in Paisley, they got a call from a council official who said they'd conducted an investigation and that there'd been a number of errors with their paperwork. She apologised profusely, but it was of no comfort to her. Looking around at her lovely gifts, she cried as she realised how many of them stated the day they were due to wed. She'd been hit for six by what happened, but it didn't stop her waiting to get, wanting to get married properly as soon as possible. So they carried on with plans for their real wedding. John and her had booked a honeymoon before the wedding and they decided to go ahead with it to try to cheer themselves up. They travelled around Europe by car, visiting Belgium, Germany and Italy. A week later, she wore her wedding dress again and John and her finally said their I do's at Paisley registration office in front of her mum and John's dad and his partner. Afterwards, they had a nice meal at a local hotel. It wasn't the wedding she'd planned for, but she's happy now that she's officially Mrs Canning. And a spokesperson for Cumbria County Council told Take a Break that they offered their profuse and sincere apologies to Mr and Mrs Sloan for the stress and inconvenience caused by their wedding not taking place and that they were working to identify suitable compensation for the couple.
0: Compensation, absolutely. I mean, I'd be expecting them to to reimburse me for my whole wedding. I mean, I'd be absolutely livid. I know, £15,000 on their wedding that wasn't really a wedding. But you know, something, it doesn't matter. See when you've actually picked a date in your head. It's like, you know, my wedding date was the 7th of March. That was the day that I wanted to see if anything had gone wrong in that day and I'd had to reschedule it for a couple of months later. It wouldn't have felt right in my head. Yeah. You know, psychologically, you I gear know. yourself up to, to something
1: yeah and they've picked that day for a reason and you know obviously has meaning and having to do it somewhere else they wanted it done in that place in sort of memory for her dad it's just uh, awful
0: oh it's so incredibly sad it really is I mean thankfully they have gone on and get married and that's lovely you know they are man and wife but it's just not to be married on your actual wedding day yeah. must be incredibly upsetting I and would have been going through it all and being mm-hmm. told while
1: well, you're standing there in your wedding dress getting your makeup done and it's not happening. I know. can't even imagine Oh, I
0: know I'd be heartbroken absolutely heartbroken but you know good for them for for carrying on with the day um yeah. you know and, and not letting everybody else down that's that's incredible but yeah I do hope they sort out uh, some really really suitable compensation for mm. them honestly that's absolutely. horrendous Hannah thank you so much for joining us today it's always such a pleasure to talk to you it really really is oh, and um to. I'm so pleased about your little niece and everything it's just <laughs> a gorgeous you. gorgeous news. Um, But the brand new uh, copy of Take a Break magazine will be out on Thursday. In the meantime you can take a look at uh, the fully accessible website. Have you got the web address? Yes, so it's www.takeabreak.co.uk For more downloads like these visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts